Welcome back to the program. Good to have you. The Bill Michael Show on the air and uh, enjoying a, a Monday. Coming back into a, out of the bye week for the Green Bay Packers. Coming back into a week in which we're going to start talking about Packers football and uh, Badger basketball gets a win. How about Marquette? That's a fun team to watch as well. They go into Notre Dame, knock off Notre Dame and the Fighting Irish in front of Craig Council, by the way, who was on hand yesterday uh, down in uh, South Bend. And then, uh, you know, as we sit here and start to look at the teams that are on the rise or solidifying themselves in the NFL, you still have a little bit of hope if you're the Green Bay Packers and the fan base as to whether or not they're going to be able to uh, to overcome the, the hole that they dug so early on this season and so consistently. Then you get the story that comes out that, on one hand, Jordan Love is feeling confident. He's feeling really good. Every time he steps onto the field, he's ready to go. You know, a nice story about him and Madison.com, and Mike Clemens has talked about it time and again about his situation. And then you get the rumors that, well, if Aaron comes back, he's going to demand a trade. Going to demand a trade. Okay. That's fine. You don't really have much standing to demand anything. I get it. We can say you haven't proven anything. And he can also say, well, I haven't had a chance to prove anything. I'm sitting behind Aaron Rodgers. Uh, Packers don't have to do anything. They can say, you know what? Demand all you want. You're not going anywhere. If you don't want to come in, don't come in. You don't get paid. (laughs) You're not in a place to demand anything. But I don't. I and I said this before. I, I, if I'm him, I would want to sit behind Rogers all this time and Rogers' uncertainty, wavering back and forth. But this whole situation was made possible by a really badly timed pick. That's it. That's it. The whole situation was made possible because of a pick that shouldn't have been made. You know, so 877-867-1670. I just, you know, we'll wait and see. But, you know, as far as the the possibility of him demanding a trade, he can demand anything he wants. But when you're under contract and you're in a rookie deal and you have not done anything on the field, you've basically been on the field three times. One game, you didn't play good. The second game, you played a half, didn't play good. And the third game, you played series, two of them, and you look pretty good. You look like you progressed. We give you credit for that. But that's it. But that's it. So am I concerned about it? No. Is it going to be a distraction? No. Mm-mm. No. The distraction is going to be the what Aaron Rodgers does at the end of the season. That's the distraction. That's it. If I am Aaron, I, and again, this is just strictly me thinking, but going through everything that Aaron's gone through and seeing it and hindsight being what it is, I think what he did in regards to making the front office aware of some of the things, the perceptions of the way they were versus the way the players were being treated, I commend him. He took a stand. We always say, look, if you believe in something, stand up for it. And he did. You commend him for that. I think the statement early on in his career of I don't want to be 
like Favre. I want to make decisions. I want to be emphatic. He has become Brett Favre. He is living in that, that world of, I can do this. I'm Aaron Rodgers. I'm Brett Favre. I can do this. To the point where it, it wears on people. It wears on people. Uh, we talked about this last week, that there are, everybody in that locker room looks at him as a superstar. Some love the fact that they're playing with him. Some look at him as a guy that, well, he's a do-as-I-say-not-as-I-do-anymore guy. Some say that, you know, yeah, I'm really I'm excited to, that we have an opportunity to win. But we also know that we can play with our guy, a younger guy, a guy that's more our level, a guy that's grinding with us and not telling us what to do, a guy that's not calling us out, and Jordan Love. Doesn't mean they don't want to play with Rodgers and don't respect him. Just means that there's guys in there winking a nod that we got we got our guys back. So I just think if I'm Rodgers and what you need is to get next season off on a right foot, I think you take a few weeks, you make your announcement, you're coming back, you go all in. You go all in. You wrap your arms around. If you want the organization to wrap their arms around you, you better wrap your arms around the organization. And I'm talking about the guys in that locker room, coaching staff, support everybody. Not just saying it, but doing it. Support everybody. So that's just me. Get in there. Do anything and everything. Show them that, a, that, that an aging veteran does needs to do even more to stay on top of their game, not just say, I'm going to go work with my trainer. I mean, you can still do that. But when it comes time to be there, be there. Be the first one there. Live that live that example. Not in the crazy way that Russell Wilson does, but you get what I'm saying. That's just my opinion. Because you got to get next year off on a right foot. You can't point at other guys and go, go coach him up, and I'll be great when I get there. Maybe they can be on my level. I don't think you can do that. 877-867-1670. Uh, Ryan says the 49ers, my 49ers, as he puts it, a complete team. Defense and those weapons on offense. Hopefully Purdy does uh, just enough not to screw it up. Hopefully you get Debo Samuel back. That's a big loss. If he's out, let's just say minimum four weeks, at least you would assume you're going to get to the postseason and then see what happens. You know, then see what happens. Watcher says you can't blame Love. Love uh, sitting back there four years feels like he's wasting his talent. I think it could be a huge distraction next season. Um, it's only a distraction if he's a starter. Otherwise, you're not a starter. You know, you're not a starter. I I agree with you. I I don't blame him. If if look if I'm a if I'm drafted into the NFL, and I want to play and I'm a competitor, I want to play. I want to be there. And I don't want to sit be I don't want to take the reps for a guy who just doesn't want to be here. He wants to come riding in on the horse and look down on everybody and say, I'm here now. Now you can be great. To hell with that guy. I'm the one putting in the sweat and the work. I'm ready. So I I completely understand it. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. But Rogers has the ability because uh, complicated fella says, hey, if my boss tomorrow brought in a new employee was training him for my position, I would probably be up. I would probably up my game if I actually gave a crap. Rogers did up his game after love. He did for a couple of years. Back to back MVPs. Worked hard in the offseason, worked on his legs, worked on things he needed help with. But 
made it known he would like to be part. He, he wanted to be a part of the organization. He wanted to be consulted on decisions. He wanted at least to have his input heard. He wanted certain guys brought back, kept with the organization. He got everything he wanted. Right? Sure he did. I think that, you know, just because you did it for 12, 13, 15 years ahead of time, I, I don't think, you know, and you can say, well, you you were the one putting the effort in. He was. But that's that's what you do. That's your craft. That's your job. And, oh, by the way, you're being paid close to $50 million to do it. <laughs> you know, let's not forget about that. But I agree. So what I if, agree. What if GM Rogers says no to the love trade and then love is unhappy because the quarterback has the say in the front office? You know, here's the thing. Love doesn't have he, – he doesn't have cred. He just doesn't. He was a he was a draft choice that they they went up to get. When Jordan Love, and I get it, he's a competitor. He wants to play. But he was not projected to be a first round guy. They went up to get him and and rose him to that level. I mean, there's one or two publications that said it, but if you start polling other teams when other teams were talking about it, nobody thought that Jordan Love was gonna be a first round guy. And if they did, why isn't anybody calling to say, hey, man, we got to trade for this guy? He, sh- he was a first-round talent. He's just sitting there wasting away. In a quarterback, in a, a, a desert of quarterback drafts this year, why, weren't, why wasn't anybody calling to get a hold of Jordan Love? You know? Jordan Love, I, I get it. I understand it. I appreciate it. I'm glad he wants to play. But you just don't have the cred to stand on right now. We've seen you in a game against Kansas City. You look bad. We saw you in the second half of the game against Detroit. You look bad. And we saw you in two series against the Eagles. And you look good, like you've progressed. But two series is not a career make. Do you agree with me? He doesn't have any cred to be able to say, I demand a trade? I do. And then also you factor in the fact that like, when you have a backup that you're not paying any money, that's the best situation for your team. Right. I, I guess that begs the question of, in theory, what could happen for the rest of this season to change that? Like, is there a scenario where he has something to stand on if he plays well or not? Well, that's just it. If he should say, um, you say the Packers lose for whatever reason, they lose on Monday night and they're just out. We know Oof. it's over. They're done. They lose on Monday night to the Rams. It's over. Okay. Let's say that. Then you bring him in. And if he goes out and beats the Dolphins and beats the Vikings, and beats the Lions. Then you've got something. You know, it's what Goody said. We wanted to see if this guy, he, we know he's progressed, but we want to see if he can win. Well, let's see, let's see if he can win. Let's see if, if the offense looks better with the exact same set of guys, if he does exactly what the offense calls for with the motion and the movement and everything and not second-guessing things and whatever, and he runs it, gets in and out of the huddle on time, they're not running the play clock down to one, all that stuff, and it looks good then he can win. But if he comes in and looks like he did against the Detroit Lions in the second half of last last season's last game, if he looks like he did against Kansas City, and that, that two-drive guy that we saw against the Eagles is nowhere to be found, all he did, all he did was hurt his credibility. That's all he did. And hurt his, his what trade value there is, he hurt it. So if you are sitting right now as one of these teams in the NFL, and you're thinking to yourself, you know, we we might trade for a quarterback. Now, remember, this draft is going to have more than a few quarterbacks in it. So let's go through the teams. New York could be looking for a quarterback, right? 
I think New York, uh, and then after that, uh, what, Pittsburgh? After that, uh, you know, do they believe in Tannehill in Tennessee, or he's, is he a placeholder until they really find the guy? They need one in Indianapolis, Houston. Nobody needs one in the AFC West. Nobody needs, because they, they believe in Daniel Jones, and so nobody believes maybe you make a change in Washington, but probably not. Uh, then you look over to the NFC North, no. Tom Brady's going to be walking away. Maybe Tampa Bay does. Carolina, you start to look through the rest of these these teams. So there's about seven teams that would be looking for a quarterback, of which maybe there's three, four decent quarterbacks that are coming into the league this year, maybe five. So you would assume that somebody would be calling to say, we want Jordan Love. What do you want for him? Can they get... Right now, is his stock high? Of course it is. He looked good against the Eagles. But if he comes in and plays like crap, that means he's got two and a half games of bad and two series of good. I'm not giving up much for him. Maybe a third. So to to, to, to be Jordan Love and say, I'm going to demand a trade, what credibility do you have? You, you wouldn't have anything. Now, if he comes in and he beats the Lions, he beats the, the Vikings and beats the, beats the Dolphins, then pfft. His stock value goes up, probably at least to a low first or high second round draft choice. But I right now, you don't have much cred. You don't have much capital to be able to say, yeah, here we go. Here's a... Agree? Yes, uh, I, I do. I do. I, and I think a lot of those teams are in interesting positions because like the Titans took Malik Willis. And a bunch of them took project quarterbacks already last right. year. The Falcons took Ritter. And now he's going to start this coming right. week. Um, the question is, would you rather have going into next season, Jordan Love or Bryce Young, who is set to be one of the top guys taken? If you were one of those teams, not the Packers, obviously. I'd want Jordan Love. Because I, I don't think Bryce I don't, I don't think Bryce Young is, is as good as everybody's making him out to be. That's just me. So I guess the point I would try to make is, like, yeah, C.J. Stroud looks like a great prospect, and if you're number one, you should take him. Texans probably will. But after him and with those other options behind Bryce Young, I, trading whatever pick for Jordan Love might be smarter, except the fact you have to pay him in a year instead of in four. Mm-hmm. But I think other teams would be foolish to not try to seek that out, given you know how, how much of a crapshoot drafting quarterbacks is. Um. Yeah, no, I, I would agree. And and I, look, I'm not a Bryce Young fan to begin with. I, I I thought he was overhyped on that particular team. And, boy, you talk about uh, Caleb Williams, big weekend, wins the Heisman, still not eligible to go and, and go into the NFL. So he's got a shot at winning it in back-to-back years. Um, oh, Drake uh, May, the kid from North Carolina, too, is a right, freshman. Right. And he's ridiculous. Yeah. So he's solid, too. So, you know, it could be interesting, you know, but uh, – but I, I've just Bryce Young. I've never been this big, big fan of. Just never have. Eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seven. You want to find us? Please feel free. Go ahead and do so. Again, eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. Hang out. Uh, this portion of the program brought to you by our friends at at Cunis uh, RV. Cunis RV, Wisconsin's best and fastest growing RV dealer. Go to Cunis K U N E S CunisRV.com. That is CunisRV.com. And it doesn't matter if you're looking for a fifth wheel, a travel trailer, motorhome, whatever it happens to be, camper van, 
they have them. They and they've got buying power too, so they give you a better price because they continue to grow. Their dealerships are expanding all throughout the state of Wisconsin and now well beyond the borders also. So make sure you get a hold of our friends at Cunis, K U N E S. Cunisrv.com. Go to Cunisrv.com. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Two hours already going into hour number three of the Bill Michaels show. Good to have you. Good weekend. Sit back, relax a little, watch some college hoops, watch some pro football, Bucks basketball. Bucks got beat by Houston. Oof. Oh, my goodness. But uh, time now to talk a little uh, Wisconsin hoops, uh, some Wisconsin football. Bring in Zach Heilprin, sports director, WOZN, out in Madison, joining us on the hotline. Zach, how you doing? Fantastic. Um, let's start with uh, Longo and the hire at the offensive coordinator position. I want to go over to football first before we talk some basketball and the craziness of Fran McCaffrey. But give me your thoughts on on, on this this style of offense that they're hoping to play now in Wisconsin. I love the hire. It's it, here's the thing with everything Wisconsin has done in this situation outside of losing Jim Leonard, I've actually been a huge fan of it. Um, they have tried to run the Paul Chris or Paul Chris style of offense um, just hasn't been working for the last three years. And some of that maybe is talent, but otherwise it's also teams not, not being scared of it. And I think this offense can scare some people. And um, with Phil Longo leading it, the way that the, the talent that uh, he had at North Carolina is, is obviously plays a huge part in it. But I think the D de- I think the offense just challenges defenses a lot more than what Wisconsin's offense did. And they needed a change. They couldn't keep on, ramming their head against a, a brick wall and expecting it to break through. And um, that's why I think this is a good choice. It's not like it's going to be a complete change. They're still going to have a power running game, but they're going to have a little bit more, I think, diversity to it. And especially uh, formationally or, you know, by formation, it's going to look a little bit different. The question is, do they have the personnel to run it? Well, that's the biggest question. I mean, it's, uh, to me, it all comes down to the quarterback um, and, and, right. and, and the wide receivers too. Um, North Carolina recruited at a very high level out there. I don't think Wisconsin's ever going to have trouble having talent in the backfield at, at running back, so um, they're going to be fine there. I still think they're going to be able to recruit offensive linemen. Um, it's going to be about talent at wide receiver, and then can they find their quarterback? And right now, uh, Miles Burkett and Cole LaCrue are the only guys that they have at quarterback next year. So they obviously have to hit the portal hard. One of the guys that they were going after is already committed to Arkansas, the guy from North Carolina, Jacoby Criswell, um, was going to take a visit to Wisconsin. Apparently that's not going to happen, and he's going to go to Arkansas. So they're still in the market for a transfer quarterback and one that can lead this offense. Luckily for them, there's a ton of them. There's a ton of guys out right, there that, right. that, uh, that have starting experience and, and could potentially be interested in running this type of offense. Um, now the guys they have, I, when you start to talk about the offensive line, first and foremost, it all starts up front. And this has been a break from what we've been used to because the last couple of years, it has not been stellar offensive line play. And correct me if I'm wrong. I think everybody on that offensive line is either a redshirt shirt, sophomore or redshirt freshman, correct? On the offensive line? Yeah. Uh, and I, I, I apologize. I missed the first part of the question in terms of guys I, that are I, I, coming back. Well, in, in terms of guys that are coming back, I think everybody's either a redshirt sophomore or a redshirt freshman is what I read. Yeah. And they, they don't have a ton of ton of experience. Uh, they do have some size, but this has been a break from that traditional offensive line of Wisconsin. that just is 
a fortress, for yeah. lack of a better term. Right, and that's but that's the thing. I think this offense is going to help them uh, because we talked to Tanner Bordellinium on Kenny and Heilprin a couple of weeks back, and we were asking about you know all the stacked boxes they face. They're not going to be able to stack the box nearly as much, and so when there's less bodies in there, it helps the offensive line. I think um, have a better opportunity to to take um, care of their guy and not be overloaded. It felt like there was always just an extra guy down there, and it was very difficult for the offensive line to to get uh, what they needed to do. And so I think that plays a part of it. But also uh, in terms of the experience, they're getting Jack Nelson back. They're getting Tor- Tanner Bordellini back. Michael Fortney just announced he's taken his name out of the portal. He was a senior. They got two other guys that have starting experience in Riley Malman and, and Trey Wedded coming back. Obviously, they lose Joe Tittman. But I think they're a, an offensive line that got a ton of experience this year, and you're going to have guys that have start, started multiple years on the line next year. Um, so I, th- I think that experience is coming around. Usually you don't want to have them play in Bill until they're, they're in their third year in the program, whether it's redshirt sophomores or juniors. But they've had to force these guys in a little bit earlier because uh, some of the others haven't worked out. You, uh, well, I know we talk about quarterback play and trying to find somebody with experience. At what point, if if you're Luke Fickle, do you play Miles Burkett? Um, I like Miles. I think uh, I think Miles has a lot of great characteristics. Um, I I haven't seen enough of him to make a judgment as to whether he can be the starting quarterback here in the future. But I would be, um, I wouldn't feel great about their quarterback situation if Miles is starting quarterback at the beginning of next year. Um, so that that's just that's just how I feel because I haven't seen enough miles. And we saw what he did in mm-hmm. high school. He was a great high school quarterback. We saw a little bit of him uh, against New Mexico State with some of the passes he was able to throw. But I, I think you need experience there. I think you definitely need experience there and a guy who's done it at a high level, um, more so than a, a redshirt freshman walking in and, and starting his first game. Unless he's like the, the greatest recruit ever and, or, or he just shows up and practices and, and is delivering then you know then I'd feel comfortable about it. But at this point, I don't think that's uh, who you'd want as your starting quarterback right now. At this moment, before bowl practice, before spring practice, before fall camp, when he could ten- he could potentially make a huge jump. I just think the last that we saw of him probably wouldn't. He would not be my guy. Uh, defensively speaking, real quick, um, you know. So as far as the guys that are actually coming back, uh, the defense was solid. They weren't one of, uh, you know, obviously Jim Leonard's best, but they were solid, but they did give up. Then again, they were put in some precarious positions throughout the season as well. But give me your overall thoughts on the defense and what's coming back. Obviously, losing Nick Herbig and Keanu Benton is huge. I don't, I, Herbig is the bigger name. Herbig put up the bigger stats. I think Keanu Benton's the bigger loss. Uh, when he was on the field, he was an absolute force in the backfield. They That's where they have to re- – finding a replacement for him is huge. Kurt Neal, a young guy, I think is going to be given an opportunity – but uh, an outside linebacker, it didn't necessarily pan out this year. Um, but I think they have some talent uh, behind Nick Herbig, whether it's Caden Johnson or TJ Bowlers or Daryl Peterson. They get CJ Getz uh, likely back for a sixth year. So they're going to be fine there. The secondary is the, bigger, is the bigger question. It's fine at safety. Corner, what do they do there? They brought in a whole bunch of transfers last year. Um, and they, I thought they played well, didn't play great, played well. They may have to go that route again. Um, they get Alexander Smith back, but they may need to go that route again to, to help that, uh, that corner room. Uh, flipping over to, uh, to college basketball and the Badgers, uh, nice win. Uh, they they took, kind of you know took it by Iowa. I thought they had a commanding lead, and then all of a sudden <laughs> it got frittered away. Next thing you know, Fran McCaffrey's losing his damn mind, and the Badgers <laughs> end up winning the basketball game. 
But a win's a win. You take it. You're playing on the road. It's obviously a rival. It's a West rival, the whole deal, whatever. Uh, but when you look at Iowa and that game, Fran McCaffrey's a, to me, I just, you're always waiting for the guy to explode, and his team acts like him. And I think they lose a lot just because they are waiting for somebody to explode, and it's always the referee's fault. Not a fan of Fran McCaffrey. Um, there you go. Not a fan. Not a fan. However, I've always been asked, because I'm not also a big fan of P.J. Flex, so I've always been asked, like, which coach do you not like more? And I say P.J. Fleck because P.J. Fleck, in my mind, is fake. I don't, I, you know, he's, there's, there's a lot of fakeness to him. Fran McCaffrey is who he is. He's a, not a great guy on the court in terms of the way that he acts, but he, that's who he is. He doesn't hide who he is. That's just who he is. Um, so, I don't know. At some point, Bill, doesn't somebody like above him have to be like, you're not helping things here, bud. You need right? to. You, you need to. You, you gave away a point in a game that you that went to overtime. You think that point mattered? So at some point, you would think somebody up higher would be like, "Hey, bud, you need to. You need to, to calm it down." Or his own players need to be like, "Hey, coach, we appreciate you're fighting for us, but can you not do that kind of stuff because it hurts us?" So I, I, that's kind of where I'm at with with uh, with Fran McCaffrey. The win itself, a great win for Wisconsin, even though they, <laughs> even though they did what they did. At the end of uh, end of regulation, they fought back mm-hmm. in overtime and got the win. The uh, I I kind of referenced uh, going back to Brian Kelly his first year at Notre Dame when the uh, the priests called him into the office, uh, the president and the and the group council, so to speak, and said, "Hey, dude, you're acting like an idiot and you're dropping f bombs everywhere. <laughs> we don't do that here. Knock it off." And and they put him like on a probation and said, "If you continue to do it, you're out." And did it, did to it me, I, it well, the f bombs did. Okay, because he made sure that he was covering his mouth. Oh, okay, there you go. Because on NBC, you didn't see a lot of that. A lot of Paul Christ. A lot of Paul Christ. My, the, yes. uh, the, uh, the 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 yeah. turnover chain. My yeah. right. Yes, exactly. Uh, but that it, it did kind of. I think it was in the back of his mind. Uh, I really do because, uh, well, then, you know, who knows? Because then the Southern draw showed up and nobody yeah. knows what the hell happened to him after that. <laughs> ben but Kenny favorite. That being said, right, exactly. But let's, let's I want to talk about the team itself because when you look at, at the way they've started off, uh, their only losses are to Wake Forest and Kansas. Kansas, number three in the country, and they went toe-to-toe with them for the most part. Beat them. Uh, losing by mind. only a point, you know. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Um, was out of we, never, we never expected this. No. Um, and, 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 you know, I, I sit here and I look at, at, at Greg Garden. I look at the pre-problems and the post-problems. Pre-problem, it seemed like there was some bad apples that were in there that might have stirred some things up and suddenly things get divided. Your locker room's divided. The coaching staff is a little iffy. And then the bad apples are gone and everything comes back again because he was a really good coach taking over for Bo. He was a top-four guy. And then all of a sudden things go a little bit bad. And now you look at it with more his guys, more everybody's on the same page, and you look at what you get. Is it that simple? I just think these last two seasons have been remarkable in their ability to, to win close games. They had 20 games last year, Bill, in the regular season decided by a, uh, by a single digits. They went 18-2 and two in those games. Um, it's, it's such a fine margin. This year they're 5-2 and two in those type of games. Um, so while it is... Uh, you know, it is players and getting right guys and all that stuff. And it, it definitely was. We saw how it wasn't working down the stretch um, in that 2021 season. Um, 
Is that what I'm trying to? Yeah, down the stretch in the 2020, right. 2021 season, you had all those guys coming back that had won the Big Ten title the year before, and it, you know, it kind of fell apart. And there were there was division there, but you also had an assistant coach yes. who was recording phone, you know, yes. all that yep. stuff. It yeah, seemed yeah. like there was a lot of internal strife. Right. Yes, I I completely agree. No, they there was, and then you know, even towards uh, last year, there were there were kind of people like, uh, not I shouldn't say last year, um, beginning of last year, like what's going to happen here? This is a huge season right. for him, and then you know, Johnny Davis is does Johnny Davis stuff. They go out and win the Big Ten again for a second time in three years. And everyone's like, all right, well, Greg Gard's a pretty good coach. But, hey, they're going to finish ninth this year. They lost Johnny. They lost Brad. And look what he's done. They're 8-2, they're mm-hmm. and two, four points away from being undefeated. It's, uh, it's probably time to start giving Greg Gard some credit for, for what he's been able to do at Wisconsin, especially these last three or four years under, with his they, own guys. They got Lehigh, then Grambling coming up, Western Michigan, before you get back into Big Ten play. Obviously, the game you circle is the Illinois game. That's on the docket a couple weeks after that. you got Indiana back on the docket. But the Big Ten, you've got Maryland, top 25, Illinois, Ohio State. Uh, and I, you know, you, you start to go through this. Indiana, who I had mentioned, you know, Big Ten's pretty solid again this year. It is. I was thinking about how many teams might make it to the tournament. I, I don't know if they're going to approach double digits. It, they might. They might. We'll see how the rest of the year plays out. But it's going to be in that 8-9 range. And I think, Bill, it just gives you a ton of opportunities if you're Wisconsin to build and prove who you are as a team. They've they've done that these first two weeks, uh, taking down a Maryland team that was unbeaten, even though it was at home and Wisconsin was actually favored in that game. But that's a big win. And then you go to Iowa, a they hadn't won since 2018, and take down an Iowa team that uh, was missing Chris Murray, but is still a really good team and just waxed Iowa State, who was ranked at the time. So... You've, you've gotten those two wins, and there's a whole lot more opportunities to build your resume further on. It's it's a really good conference, and I don't think you're going to be um, hit hard or you know knocked down a peg if you lose a game here or there against uh, these kind of conference opponents that maybe in other years you would. Uh, real quick before I let you go, so at what point do we start hearing wh- – what point would you expect a quarterback to be coming out of the transfer portal into Wisconsin? I think Luke Fickle would like it to happen last week, but um, – you know, I, I uh, I'd probably say before the first of the year. So maybe okay, in the next that's kind of what I was thinking. Next two weeks, because um, I think the big guys are going to be off the board sooner than later, right? And I think Wisconsin needs, quote unquote, a big guy. And I don't know the name. Uh, I've I've kind of done this with, with Ben. I'm like. You just tell me the guys coming, and then I'll start looking into them a little bit, as opposed to just listing all these guys they could get and, and doing research on all of it. It's kind of like the right. NFL draft. Does it matter? The NFL draft, you do all that research, and then your team takes seven guys, and maybe you didn't know any of them that they ended up taking. So I'm in the, I'm in that mode. I don't know about Ben. Ben's just been doing all these guys. Yeah, I'll be sure to tell the people <laughs> who do that to stop. Yeah. <laughs> the, well, it's let me unsafe. ask you this. Let me ask you this. Is there – I'm going to be more broad broad sweeping here. If you're a quarterback in the system and you're looking at coaches and programs to go to, what would be the deterrent now looking at Wisconsin not to come to Wisconsin? You've got obviously a defensive-minded coach that's pretty good who's brought in an offensive-minded coordinator, and they're looking to raise the profile of a big-time program – what deterrent would there be not to come to Wisconsin? I think there's a few, and it depends on how you look at it, right? Um, I think weather would be a big factor for some because the offense 
while it has worked in bad weather, Washington State being one of them, uh, I went and looked. Apparently the weather in Pullman and Madison, very similar in the month of November outside of the wind. And then potentially potentially outside weaponry. Uh, does Wisconsin have good enough on – is Wisconsin good enough on the outside? I think they are. Some would disagree. And then it's money. And what kind of money – uh, a quarterback at a high level is going to get is Wisconsin willing to step up and pay it um, the collective not Wisconsin but the collective and, and the donors and that type of stuff are they willing to step up and make it worthwhile and I think and this is just we haven't seen it yet though I think Braylon Allen it'll prove the case with Braylon Allen I think they are I think they are willing to step up and and uh, match some of the money that's coming in from elsewhere and We'll see. They, they have to be, Bill. The way that they spent the, on the coaching staff, the way that they're going to be spending in facilities, they can't just all of a sudden not spend money on players at the same while everybody else is doing it. So I, mm-hmm. I'm cautiously optimistic for Badgers fans that it's, it's going to be that way. Good stuff as always, Zach. Appreciate it, pal. All right. Thanks, Bill. Thanks, pal. Talk to you soon. There you go. Zach Heilprin, uh, sports director at WOZN out in Madison. Ben Kenny chiming in as well. And uh, good to have him on. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends over there at New Mail Medical, treating guys with ED all over the state. Low T treatments. If you're looking for an all-in-one weight loss program, especially this time of year, God knows uh, this past Saturday it was cookies, it was bunt cakes, those nothing bunt cakes. Uh, oh, my God. They had peanut butter bars and they had jello shots and they, I mean, it was a sugary feast. And if you go through all this stuff and then you get to the new year and you're like, wow, I put on the extra five to seven pounds of holiday weight and I want to take it off, begin doing it now. Set yourself up on the program. Call them, 414-455-4451. That's 414-455-4451. That's the New Mel Medical Center, 414-455-4451. Ready! This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. The Bill Michael Show Podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe.